to another episode of goth girl horror the hack slash podcast one of my favorite horror books that is going to be possibly making a comeback at the time of recording this uh we're talking about hack slash resurrection number 12 so this is the final issue of the third ongoing series um and tim seeley the creator of hack slash co-creator hack slash also as well as like money shot and currently just finished up a Masters of the Universe miniseries for Dark Horse, is on the show with us to talk a little bit about Hackslash Resurrection number 12, and why it only went for 12 issues, and possibly some future Hackslash information that he can share. How you doing, Tim? I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Sorry, it's been a bit, uh, yeah, busy with life and everything else, and uh, doing other comics on the other side, not not all Hackslash stuff lately. I saw that um, over in Money Shot um, that uh, a, a, there was a surprise cameo from a from a classic adult comic book character showed up. She's, and it's not even a cameo. She's like a major character throughout the rest of that mini. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll definitely have to pick that up. I, I, I bought the first issue of the first uh, series and, and then got the, the trade paperback afterwards. So I'll probably do the same thing with this one. Uh, but we just actually had Larry Wells on Radio Horror. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to talk a little bit about uh, the reemergence of the Vampironica series and, and a little bit of uh, the history of that character and what happened with Archie Comics years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. And he let us use Cherry. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan and uh, I kind of just wanted to, you know, tip the hat um, towards the, you know, the importance of that character for adult comics and underground comics and stuff. So uh, she has a major part in the series. And there's three money shot trades before this one so yeah i think you're missing two other ones then i'm missing two then i fell way well behind <laughs> so hack slash number resurrection number 12 was the final issue of this last series which i guess it wasn't a series as much it was like a maxi series kind of like marvel superhero secret wars or yep. I saw yeah, first. Yeah, yeah why did it only go 12 issues what what made you stop it at 12 to start it again with a miniseries crossover, which we'll talk about in another episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we were doing, you know, Teeny Howard was writing it. I essentially gave her a kind of a blank slate and told her, you know, so I, I had met Teeny through working on Nightwing um, and she uh, sort of was sort of like writing stuff in the fan press, I guess, I guess you would say about about Dick Grayson and she always had a lot of interesting ideas and uh, I, I, I really enjoyed the way sort of she approached uh, sort of character above everything else, and she was a Hack Slash fan, so I had asked her to pitch me something, and she had pitched me a pretty like I thought it was a very contained story. So the plan was always just to do a twelve issue series. That way I could do like you know two trades, and um, I wouldn't wear out you know my artist, and I would be able to you know just do something. What I had found with Hack Slash going as long as I've been doing it has been. You know, it's it's a book that sells mostly in trades. Uh, horror fans don't care about monthly comics. They don't care about coming in the store every week. Uh, and so generally speaking, that's the world kind of for superhero books, really. And occasionally sort of other stuff will break through and, and be, you know, obviously Walking Dead was very successful as a monthly comic. But Thrag Slash, it was always like it does okay uh, in monthlies, but it does a lot better in trade. And so the plan was always like, let's get, you know, two two books out of, 
Teeny's idea and let her run wild. And, and I, it, I think it worked pretty great. I think the, the book that she did was, um, you know, sort of the right tone. You know, I didn't want to run her out as right around the time that, that she finished that book up, she started getting hired for other stuff. So, you know, this is the way uh, in comics that someone gets kind of a vibe and kind of a name. And then, you know, I always lose people to Marvel and DC. I lost Stefano to Marvel. I, you know, it's happened with Hackslash a million times that I've had someone work on a book and then they get grabbed up by Marvel or DC. Um, so I knew that was going to happen and I just let it, you know, go naturally. So 12 issues, get in, get out, uh, put out a nice couple of trade collections. And then, you know, I also was knowing at some point I was going to have to put out another omnibus, which for Hackslash is our most successful format. We sell more omnibus than we do monthly books. Uh, so, you know, two trades worth of, of story would fill up the omnibus version that we had coming. So that was my thinking. Uh, and it's always just sort of, you know, I don't, it's a weird, it's a weird book because it, it lasts a long time and it has fans and it's, it's great that way. But like, I, you know, I, I don't know if I could have gone from the beginning and be on like issue a hundred and something now. I, I just, it's such a up and down thing for us. Uh, and it's so hard to kind of hold on to creators. So, so this has been the way that we figured out how to do it. Yeah. I mean the, um, the, 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 the timeline that was created by Greg really helps, but yeah, those omnibuses really help too, just because when I try to explain what hack slash is to people, I said, I say it's not a linear comic book like Spider-Man or, or even to a, to an extent in the independent world, like Terror Witch of the Black Rose is going up to like issue 140 coming up soon. Um, right. And they, uh, it's, I say it's, it's a couple of ongoings. It's a number of miniseries and one shots. So it's, it can be a little hard to follow. I say, I usually say just go get the trade paperbacks it's pretty well uh, able to be followed that way or the omnibuses or the, those image, you know, paperback collections they did. They did. They're in chronological order enough for you to get the, the gist of the story. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I don't, that's how the, the, the world has changed. I think Hackslash was a little bit ahead of the game to some degree, because what happened with us is what has now happened to pretty much everyone. And that's just, you know, your main, you, you have sort of monthly collectors, you have, that kind of world and that is a certain amount of readers but the where your book lives is in the in trades and collections and you know i mean the education for us has been putting out the hardcovers which is you know we we sell a lot of those and we sell them via the, the yeah you hit your kickstarter pretty fast and then we're able to fund that book and put it together and then we sell it through bookstores as well with a direct market cover and it's just you know it's just a different model and i'm glad we've been flexible and i'm glad we can take risks and i'm glad the fans are always there but it's just it's not a book that we have been able to or and maybe we shouldn't have run you know consecutive for 20 years i, I just don't know you know if that would have worked or if we would have overstayed our welcome or even worse we might have made something that you know no longer resembled what i think people like about the book so what was the last of the kickstarter omnibuses to come out so three we did there's four volumes because we did the crossover volume so three is just out now and then we're working on four as well okay um are you still doing those short stories with the omnibuses because again i only because i own all the individual issues it, there's not a lot of reason for me to get the omnibuses <laughs> yeah, every issue has an original story that we you know generally haven't collected anywhere else uh three had a short story written by um uh, stephen graham jones a, a prose story 
Uh, Stephen Graham Jones, a, a big time horror novelist uh, and great dude. And so he wrote a story. We originally had put it out as a mini um, comic, sort of like a little mini novella. And so yep. collected and had Jim do some illustrations and, and that's included in volume three. Uh, well, hey, man, I'm still interested in uh, if you if you want a short story, a short comic book script or story for the next omnibus, you know, interested in doing that. Just need to know, like, deadlines and then, like, what it is that it has to have and how long it has to be. I mean, that is always a good question. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, reach out to me. And let me know. I, I, again, I would be I would, I would absolutely love to uh, to do it. Um, I had an idea in mind uh, for the last one, but I know that we, we didn't like execute the plan. Yeah, and the timing for the hard part of these has been printing because printing is, it's got it's a lot better now. But man, there was a point there where it was just impossible. You know, there, that's why this book took so long. It was stuck overseas for like three months, and you know, it just things are getting better, but pandemic stuff screwed things up. And then that China zero COVID policy, and then they switched it. And now there was like no printing in China for a while. It, it's it's always fun to uh, yeah. yeah, always interesting. Um... Well, talking about the issue at hand, the uh, Hackslash Resurrection number 12, a uh, couple things. One uh, one thing I wanted to ask is the entire issue, Vlad never wears his mask. <laughs> yeah. So Sealor, when he was drawn, is kind of always, he just didn't like, he wanted to be able to draw his face. And so and for this issue, because this issue is kind of a, it's a little bit of a goof, kind of, it's like a parody. Uh, I thought it was fine just to let It's a great know. self-contained issue, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Especially after the heavy vampire story with uh, Vampirella previously. Yeah, and this one was something that Tina and I had talked about a long, long time that we were going to do something kind of specifically for the um, uh, the uh, comic book defense fund. We were going to do a little bit of a riff on uh, censorship, which is funny because when we did this, it wasn't as much of a ordeal as it is now. Now it's kind of come back and book banning and all that sort of stuff, and comics being you know people trying to ban mouse so we did it then when it was like a, on a lull but now it's of course back in, in force but um yeah it was just a book to you know kind of make fun of the sort of history of of horror comics a little bit and then make fun of ourselves a little bit um but also have like a message and we donated some of the cover proceeds to the uh to the uh comic book legal defense fund um do you i'm assuming you follow sealer's twitter right mm-hmm he, um, I like his artwork, and I, I, you know, it's it's definitely got a unique kind of shape to it. Um, I really wish this guy would get more work. I I've seen some of his Twitter posts or whatever, and they're kind of depressing. It doesn't seem like he's getting a lot of work. Oh, I, that is that is depressing. Yeah, I mean, his stuff is awesome. I, you know, um, I I think he the most work is superhero stuff, and I think you know that's he. I I don't know how well he draws superheroes uh and that's probably part of it um so i know he i did work with him on uh something that when he was drawing lots of guys like dudes he was he was sort of like oh i don't want to just draw lots of guys like and you know i think we're in a weird spot in comics where there's not a lot of titles that have female characters that aren't created by female creators so maybe that's part of it i don't know he uh he's awesome i would happily work with sealer anytime what do we uh do you think we'll ever see Lori again? Because I mean this is the last issue that we'll see her in for at least the next two miniseries plus one shots that come out after this. Unless she was in the image thirtieth, which I haven't read yet. <laughs> uh no, um she's not in those stories. You know, I mean we also I I think part of this is I let there's lots of characters that are sort of seated out there and we don't know exactly where they go, like Aki and other stuff. Like at some point we can come back to them. We keep it open as a 
in the way that comic books do well is just like you know make a bunch of toys and then you can always pick up a toy and play with it in a new way you know right I mean, you definitely need some recurring characters after you decide to mass slaughter a lot of them in the uh, at the end of the <laughs> first <laughs> ongoing, yeah, 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 <laughs> the totally. second ongoing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a it's part of the sort of uh, construction of a slasher story is that uh, you put up a bunch of new people that we now care about and then they get killed and that's that's what makes it a good horror story. Um, the the villain in the story, by the way, reminded me a lot of like. Um, it was a very much Scooby Doo who done it without, of course, without cat and dog investigations. But like, you know, it's like a bandage villain reminded me of uh, like Hush, and it was just like a, oh no, it's the unreveal at the end. Mayor Dick Wiener. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a, you know, I mean, it's it's obviously a, a little bit of a tongue in cheek story. Like, there's no, uh, we're not hiding the fact that it's kind of, you know, the Scooby aspect of this book has always been there, and um, and just. <laughs> Yeah, Mayor Dick Wiener, uh, <laughs> super clever. Uh, but you know, it's it's we're having fun. The book should always have. It can be serious and it can be dark, and it can have you know those moments where you really know that this is a horror comic. But it's also a funny book. So that's got to we've got to be able to do that sometimes too. Oh. This one is my favorite issue of Teenie's run. I think it's just because Teenie's funny. That's the thing. Is like she's. I I, I really like her horror stuff and I work with her and uh, her husband Blake on vampire and she does horror very well, but I think she's funny. I mean, that's, the, that's kind of the thing that that's why I wanted her on, uh, on hack slash as well, is that I knew she could do funny. Yeah. That, um, that vampire, the masquerade book was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of the best things I've ever worked on. And I, I think it's one of the best things that the uh, team has done too. I'm a I, I'm in under my opinion that I think I'm about to start the best thing I will ever work on, um, uh, with an a, a a woman named uh oh my god I cannot believe I'm about to forget my artist name hold on that's never good <laughs> and she listens like you forgot my name uh no I was just testing uh, Tim if he knew if he involves my social media Katie Wright um. We're working on a comic book, which is not going to be superhero related, but it's going to be about geeks, geeks in love, uh, boy and a girl in the 90s. And one of them suffers heavily from depression and suicide uh, thoughts. Um, and she tells the other person when he asks her out, um, I can't go out with you because sometimes I try to hurt myself and I've tried to kill myself before. Ooh, so some serious in there. Yeah, it's, it's based on a true story, too. Great. I'm so. interested. I'm uh we got twenty pages. They're all mapped out. She is working on the first page. Her art look is her artwork is very it's got like a cartoon look to it, very soft lines, and I thought it'd be perfect for a, such a heavy centered story. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm not expecting to win no Eisner's for it, but I want this book to be like go go places, more places than than Vlada. You know what I mean? It's gonna be a full fledged comic book too. But I want people, I really want this to be picked up by places that deal with heavy with teen suicide and problems and stuff like that and go, hey, we want to like partner with you in your comic book and, you know, spread it around. We think it's got a good, you know, message to like help people realize their problems and stuff. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Let's, you know, work something out and you can get copies. So good plan. Thank you. Um, I'll, you know, I'll show you some pages as we get further along, but I'm really, really ambitious about making sure it becomes like a, a bigger thing and not for profit. So. Um, profit is just to help pay for more books. Otherwise, it's, it's nice and all. 
And my other big comic book project, we finally just got finished. Uh, the pilot episode for Untold Legends of Comics is finished. Um, the first episode is going to be about Mark Grunewald. Oh, great. Yeah. And then uh, coming up, uh, John Ostrander and I are getting together, and he's been hooking me up with a whole bunch of people uh, that worked with his, with his late wife, Kim, who passed away in, back in 1997. So uh, not only do I get to talk with John Ostrander, who's written you know, Suicide Squad and a lot of other things, but also he's getting me in touch with a lot of people that I'm always kind of like, oh, that name, yeah, I know who he is and stuff. Like one guy, Mike Gold, he worked in radio for so long. So not only yeah. are we going to talk about his comics and working with Kim, but also him being like an old school uh, Chicago disc jockey back in the 70s. Yeah, I know all those guys. Uh, well, I've met them. The first comics crew, which is Ostrander and uh, and Mike, and uh, they have a long, you know, Chicago has a history of sort of being the also the second city of comic publishing in the 80s, and, uh, and so a lot of those people I've met and hung out. Uh, you have to uh, ask Ostrander about the, the bar here in Chicago that he based, um, what do you call it, the one in uh, a Grimjack on. It's a real bar. That he was te- he's got some great stories about uh, weird old bars in Chicago. Oh, yeah, definitely will. Um, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast. I'd like to thank our guest, co-host for the episode, Tim Seeley, creator of Cassie Hack, for joining me. If you please leave us a iTunes rating, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to this podcast, Amazon as well, uh, the Audible app uh, lists podcast too, Amazon Music, I think it is. Uh, please do leave us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. Or you can send us an email, thatradiohorror at gmail.com, and please catch all the other episodes that we've recorded of Goth Girl Horror covering the comic book series Hackslash. And we'll take a break for a couple weeks, and we'll be back with Hackslash versus Chaos Comics number one. I've been your I've been your host, Dr. Chris, and you can find other shows on our network, such as the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. We talk about vampire movies five minutes at a time. Me and my co-host, Scott Danielson, or the Dead TV Podcast with me and Mr. Zeneca, or Supernatural Creatures and Lore with my co-host Mel Heflin. Again, thank you everyone for tuning in to Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast. Cassie, Cassie, who are you gonna stop tonight? Let the villains know that she's looking for a fight.